God shows us tonight. Thank you, musicians and singers, for leading us in worship tonight. Going of Brother Jackson and several people. I don't even know them. You you probably do. They came to me afterwards or caught me, whether it be here or at the gravesite. And they said, I felt something there in that building, in that church. And uh, you could obviously tell that they didn't profess or They probably didn't believe what we believe. But there was such a hunger I saw in many people's eyes. And that was confirmed verbally by what they told me. Said, we're going to be coming to that church and visit. Then I got phone calls of some people. One that I can think of. Two said, I've been meaning to come. I'm coming. I want to be, I want to be there. And I, I feel something and in hearing about what God's doing. You see, folks, the the struggle that you and I have is between here and fulfillment. And you and I, I've got promises I've been prophesied to 20 years ago, and I still ain't seen them come to pass. But I refuse to let my guard down or my faith down and say, well, it just ain't never going to happen. No, if God said it, it's going to happen just like God said it's going to happen. Now, the question is, will I be there to see the fulfillment? Will I be there? Will you be there? Will we be there to see what God has? I believe we're going to be there. I believe we're going to see the fulfillment of it. We got enough corn in the crib and faith in our spirit. This ain't our first rodeo. James chapter 1. Ron, let's go put me verse 22. Verse 22. I got real fancy tonight on you. I got the old-fashioned iPad. Paper and a pen. And I just wrote it down. James... Chapter 22, Brother Ron, just leave it right there. Uh, I want to get into uh, the ending of this verse here. I forget the last time we talked about James. It might have been about two weeks ago. It seemed like it was maybe a live video, if I recall it was. And uh, I closed out with just touching the word deceiving. Be ye doers of the, doers of the word and hearers and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James, uh, I want to set this, this, I didn't say this before, but I want to say it now. James, probably one of the, uh, the clearest writers on the works. James will talk about it. Uh, Romans will pick up on it and talk about that we're justified by faith. You're not justified by works. James picks up on it at the end uh, of his book, and he'll talk about works and that you're not justified by those works. He later deals with the element of work. So when you read this scripture here, be doers of the word and not only hearers. He is not dealing yet 
not dealing with uh, my servitude. He's not dealing with what you and I do uh, on, a, on a day-to-day basis in serving God. In other words, uh, what would be an example of, of serving Him or a, of what we would consider works. We do it unto Him in faith, uh, faithfulness to the house of God or uh, teaching or teaching Sunday school or Bible study or uh, serving in any capacity. Those are works. We do it, our faith uh, starts and we're justified by that faith. And what mirrors that faith or exemplifies that faith is we live the life that we're believing or we hear. But that's not what James is dealing with right here. James, and he will later deal with this in the coming verses, he's dealing with the heart. James starts with the heart issues. He's dealing with the intricacies of the heart. And what he's talking about here is, is as the word comes to you and I, we begin to receive the word of God, and then we begin to do, but it's from a spiritual position. I hope this is making sense. I'm trying to uh, clarify it the best I can the way I see it in, in my head. It, it's, it's more of a spiritual work. Then will come the other things. In other words, you're here tonight, and I'm here tonight, because of something that already took place 20 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe 50 years ago, maybe five years ago in living for God, whatever it may be. Somewhere in your yesterdays, the Spirit moved on you. You responded in a spiritual action, and that was the beginning of a spiritual work, and then it began to turn into a lifestyle. Our battle that you and I face is against culture. We're fighting culture right here in Indian Village. We're not far removed. We've got a culture in Indian Village. We've got a certain way that things are done in this community. You've got a certain way things are done in Allen Parish. You've got a certain way things are done in Calcasieu Parish or Jefferson Parish or Lafouche Parish, wherever. You're battling cultures. And in Ephesians, Paul begins to deal with this. And him and James is on the same page. James is trying to give us how do you change a culture? How do you change a mindset? How do you change? Because here's what happens. We began in the Spirit. We began working in the Spirit. The Spirit, uh, best example you'd have is the Spirit. Jesus breathed or the Spirit breathed on them. said, receive the Spirit. And, 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 And in the beginning, Jesus breathed the breath of life or God breathed the breath of life. You have these moments where you see the Spirit working and the Spirit being imparted and the birthing of the Spirit. But then after that moment, what I do with it is of critical nature. Now, for you and I, it's the Word. They're literally, God ain't coming down here going, it ain't a Benny Hinn moment, going to blow on you. It don't work that way. God uses the Word. So every time you hear the Word, you're, you're, in essence, you're, you're embracing and feeling the breath. It might not be, but you see, in our mind, culture is, well, that's just words. That's lecture. That's teaching. That's preaching. That's this or that. And we categorize it, but you've got to go back to the beginning elemental, beginning stages of how this thing ever started. You began in the Spirit. You and I got to finish in the Spirit. And what happens is, is when I start in the Spirit, culture begins to influence now my ideologies. This is where James is going. I'm giving you kind of the, the framework of the picture I'm fixing to put in the frame. He's dealing with a culture of people and he's trying to show them this isn't just about you, you okay, uh, I'm a Christian. 
Well, that's what you just professed it. I'm, I'm giving you a work. I'm a Christian. I'm a Pentecostal. But are my doing what the Spirit and the Word of God has imparted into my heart? You say, well, I, I do bus ministry. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the elemental and the, 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 the very beginnings of when the Spirit first touched you. How you responded then should be how you respond every time after that to the Word of God. Is this making sense? In other words, it can't be, well, I've done heard that. And that's what we do. I go to camp meeting. Well, I done heard that. I preach that. They got all my notes, Sister Bush. Now, I'm so glad you're in the house of God. We got her. We got Brother Ed. We just missing a few more. We're going to have them back. And in those that evacuated and still recovering, oh, I'll be so glad when we all get back to, to the house of God. But they go back to, well, man... Go to camp meeting and I hear him preach. Well, and I know what's happening. That's confirming the body and I understand all that. But I cannot let myself hear that and say, well, I got that down. When really, I don't have it down. <laughs> I really don't have what I think I got. Who wants to get really honest and say, I really don't have everything. I've, I, I got, I've talked in tongues and I do a little hook of a shine. I do a little jerk and a little hokey pokey or whatever you and I want to call it. But then after about that, we're about done. And James is trying to deal with, this is how you're going to beat this impending culture that's fixing to try to rob you of this faith that's going to propel you into eternity. So he's not dealing with, hey, you got to be a doer of the word and not just to hear. He's not saying, you, this ain't about you picking up a broom and sweeping the floor. This ain't about us washing a pot. This ain't about me vacuuming the floor. That's down the road. That's a byproduct. He's dealing with things of the heart. that did, When you heard the scripture that says, don't gossip, but you did. That's what he's dealing with. When he hurt, don't commit adultery in your heart. You ain't married, so you're innocent. He's dealing with those things of the heart when he says, you got to be a doer. And here's the, the whole summation of what he says. James, but be, that means to become. It's progressive. Everything in you and I should progress in heart first. Works later. This is where we, and it's all home folk here tonight, so I can say it because I don't have to go into a, a debate afterwards. This is where we get branded Pentecostals. You're a legalist. Hang on now. Because we got everything on the outside and it matters. But James is trying to put it in perspective. What matters is that you're a doer in here. Then you become an outward productor of this here. And where we're always, well, you're legalistic. Why? Because we know how to don't do this, do this, can't do this, wish I could do this. 
We know that part. And James is saying, I'm, I'm introducing to you something here. You become this. It's a progressive work of sanctification. It don't happen overnight. It's a work. And here's the conclusion of it. He says, if you're just a, if you do, or you don't, you, you not only hear, but you're not doing. He said, you're deceiving yourself. Now here it is, deceiving. The word deceiving means cheating. Such a man does not cheat anyone but himself. He is emphasizing that merely hearing or even knowing the message is not enough. What matters is you put in practice what you heard. Now this is the old time. Think about it, Brother Ed. When people first got the Holy Ghost, they told everybody, you need the Holy Ghost. We didn't get politically correct. We weren't ugly. But we just said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you ever had the Holy Ghost before? Let me tell you what just happened to me. And that word began to spread from there. What just happened? The Spirit now that started this thing just transferred. But now we've, uh, we've done culturized ourselves and we've done allowed things to come down. So now we're trying to convert people before the Spirit can work. I want them to look like me, act like me, dress like me, talk like me, spit like me. And we ain't gave them time for the Spirit to work in them like it worked for me and you. We've already become, we've, we've progressed down the road for the most part of us here tonight. We're at different places. Everybody's at different places. You're at a spiritual level that's different than him. You're at a different level than she's at. That's why the Bible says it's not wise for you and I to compare. Don't look at this one and say, well, that one's spiritual, that one's not. You don't know who's spiritual and who ain't. You need to look at the fruit. And wherever the fruit is, that's how you know where Christ is. The fruit reveals the root. If it's bad fruit, it's got a bad system. If they're still talking like the world, then their root system ain't connected to the rock. If they're still acting like the world, their root system ain't connected to the rock. And he's saying, if you're just a hearer and not a doer, you're cheating yourself. Now let's take it where we really like it, Six and Agnes. If you don't fervently effectual pray, if you don't pray, you're cheating yourself. You're putting the load on the preacher. You're putting the load on the body. You're putting the load on what are we going to do when you die? Who going to cook food? Hello? Don't you go nowhere anytime soon. I like that gumbo. Well, we got this one. Sister Debbie and Sister June's always done this. Or, or, or Sister Ashley. What happens if you croak? What are we going to do with music? God is looking for people that want to become whatever he wants them to become in the kingdom. We got future singers and musician leaders and, and servants and Bible study teachers and, and Sunday school teachers and cooks and, and people that are doing that God is trying to move to the forefront. And if we don't become the doers and I let everybody else be the doer. I'm cheating myself of a blessing that God wants to give. James goes very deep 
with this word deceive. He says, you're deceiving yourself. You're cheating yourself. It comes from a Greek word, paralogazimo. Sound like a Walt Disney movie. Paralogazimo. Para means contrary to. Two words make it up. Logozigo means, or logozamoto means, contrary to. What he's saying in this verse is, when I don't do what I'm hearing, I take, I'm taking my opinion, and I'm putting it alongside God's word, and I'm letting my opinion override the word of God. Is this all making sense or am I boring you folks? I know we ain't shouting and I'm preaching blessing, but this will keep you saved. He said, if I don't take up what I'm hearing and do it, let's take it to praise. Praise ye the Lord, everything that hath breath. If I don't praise him and do what I'm hearing. Now there's everybody, there's different types of praise. There's seven dimensions of praise. There's a clap, there's a voice, there's a run, there's a shout. I'll teach you on another day. There's seven dimensions of praise. Whatever dimension you are called to or you do, one way or the other, I got to do one of the seven. And if I don't do, here's what it's saying. I'm taking my opinion and I'm putting it alongside the word of God and I'm saying my opinion is contrary to what the word of God says. Is that making sense? So put it in context. If I, but be ye doers of the word and don't just be a hearer because if you do, you're letting your opinion overtake God's word. Well, I'm just not emotional. Don't say that. Because I kick you in the shin, you're going to cry. You might not cuss me or get angry, but you're going to do something. Ow! You're emotional. Well, I just don't do. I just don't. I'm taking my, and here's what James is trying to say. Don't let your opinion cheat you out of a blessing. Don't let what you think should be rob you of what God has for you. Because this is the doorway that gets you into the blessing of God and the favor of God and the promises of God. And if I stand back here and begin to evaluate it and reason it and begin to let my logic opinion say, Oh, it don't take all that. Come on, somebody. It don't take all that emotion. I don't have to clap my hands. I don't have to lift my head. I can sit there like a knot on a deal pickle. You're just robbing yourself of a blessing that God has for you you're cheating yourself then why do I come to church come on this is where you and I get down to the nitty gritty why what what am I doing I'm here because I need blessing I need help I need strength I need God to move in my situation my son's lost my daughter's lost my grandma's lost my daddy's lost my community's lost when was the last time we looked across that street and were moved by tears by that lost couple across the street or there or there or there or there he said go into all the world Teaching every nation, 
We got that down, but what about right there and right there and right there? And now I'm being cheated a blessing of going grab and say, hey, you got to come check this out. Enough is enough. Or, okay, God, I can't get them to come in the natural. Then I'm going to pray in the spirit fervently. I bind every spirit of alcohol. Oh, come on. They ride around their golf cart with Miller Lite and Budweiser. And we act like everything's okay. Why don't you bind that spirit of alcohol? Bind that spirit of nicotine. It's time for the church to be the church. Or we will never see the promises of God. The promises are waiting on us. Us. Not me. I'm thankful I'm here. And whatever I can do to compliment, accentuate the fire that's already been burning. I thank God for that honor and privilege. But listen to me. It ain't going to be me. It ain't going to be you by yourself. It's going to be all of us getting this revelation. I don't want to be cheated no more. If I need to roll up my sleeves and become a Bible study teacher, then I'm getting out there teaching a Bible study. If I need to pray fervently, then it's time to pray fervently. move into these things of the spirit we have be real careful how I say this I believe she smiled at me she's smiling at me right now I just gonna kind of look like that y'all don't know the story if I look at her she cries she ain't crying we got revival right here Culture. Be real careful how I say this. We have an external world culture we're fighting. But you need to hear me. We are fighting a Pentecostal culture that is antagonistically opposing to this what I'm teaching tonight. You say, Benoit, that's what we are. Not a, I'm not saying, that's why I said I got I'm trying to be careful. Please don't go off on a tangent and backslide. What I'm saying is there's a culture of Pentecost. Sister Claudia, that has been abused. That's why we need solid teaching to put things back in order and perspective again. Help me to understand how the gifts of the Spirit operate. Help me to understand fivefold ministry. You got to have fivefold ministry. I'm not talking about somebody coming down here telling you what you ate for breakfast. That don't profit you nothing. But somebody that comes to you with the gift of wisdom and says, "Don't buy that piece of property." That edifies the body. When it edifies the man, it's, it's against. That's what James is fixing to get into, and I'm trying to get there. It's about the man. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be about the body. The gifts operate to build the body. Because the body is struggling. Now, don't take this wrong, but the gifts are for the immature. That's what the Corinthian mess was all about. They were immature spiritually. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to operate. So the gifts came to bring things back in order and to help them to grow and encourage them and get them to a perspective. That's why Paul said it. When I was a child, I spake as a child. But when I became a man, I let go of the childly thing. In other words, I didn't need you to call me and tell me, thus saith the Lord. I got it myself buried in a carpet and I said, Jesus, I need a word from you. And the heavens opened up and God spoke to me. You ain't got to be a preacher for God to speak to you. God will speak to the musicians. 
God will speak to the Bible study teachers. God's looking for any vessel that's willing to open its ear and heart and say, God, speak to me. I need help in my family. Does it mean you're going to go start another church just because God speaks to you? I've used that analogy over and over. There, there ain't no better scripture I could use in the story of Samuel and Eli. Eli says, Pastor Samuel's just a boy. Samuel hears the voice of God. Samuel gets up and runs to Eli. Eli, did you call me? His pastor. He said, no, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. Eli lays down. He hears the voice of God. He gets up again. He goes back to Eli. Eli said, no, go back and lay down. He does it a third time. Goes back to Eli. Did you call me? He goes and lays back. He said, this time, answer. I'm listening to you. Here's the moral of the story. When Eli or Samuel first heard the voice, he thought it was the voice of his shepherd. The voice of God sounds like the shepherd. Number two, Eli Samuel didn't even know it was God until the shepherd said, that's God. I don't have to know how clear it is. That's why when I, I'm wanting to move back to Lake Charles, Brother Ewan said, no. I want to move back to Lake Charles. He said, no. I said, I want to move back to Lake Charles. He said, no. I didn't backslide, Sister Debbie. I didn't quit church. I went back to praying. Okay, God, I'm about to die. I hate it over here. I hate San Francisco. And a year and three months, finally, Brother Ewan, I still feel. He said, Bubba, I feel it's time. We're going to get together. And we're going to talk. When was the last time? I'm preaching evangelistic, okay? Pretend I'm not your pastor. I preach, I preach this all over where I preach, okay? This ain't just for Indian dealers. So I'm not looking for you to... Good job, pastor. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm just preaching the word across the board evangelistically to all of us. What would happen if God makes you and I wait? It's not control. It's not dictatorship, it's protection. And change is trying to show you and I, this is how you break a cultural mindset. You can't break it by just having a bunch of church growth seminars. It ain't going to work that way. That ain't an apostolic church. I can bring tons of apostolic, uh, church growth seminars in here. You know what's going to bring church growth? When you and I pray and fast and seek God with an honest heart and everything we got. God will send more people than you and I can shake a stick at and fill the pew with. We're already friendly. We got that down. We already got greeters. They might not be the best looking, but we got them. I won't charge you for that, Brother Bush. That's free. Don't stop my beans now. No, don't stop the beans. He's trying to change a culture. He's trying to impact a world, which is a shepherd's heart, which is a man of God's heart. He's trying to change a world. And he's telling you, listen to me. You better be careful. Because if you don't get this down pat, you're deceiving or cheating yourself. 
It's good that you picked up a broom and you started sweeping as a new convert. Thank God for that. I am not minimizing that in the least bit. But you hear me. The work of the heart is greater than you picking up a broom. The work of the word of God going into you and begin dealing with fear and begin dealing with worry. And then you saying, okay, God, I'm going to take the scripture that says I don't live by fear. But but every, every spirit of fear can't conquer. I'm going to embrace that word now. And now I'm going to be a doer. Here's my doing. Fear Fear, you ain't got no authority over me. Fear, you can't, you can't do this to me. That's a doer of the word. You begin to take the things you've heard. For God's not giving me the spirit of fear, but of might, power, and a sound mind. That ain't just going to happen if I hear it. I got to begin to speak it. I got to walk on it. I got to begin to declare it. When fear knocks at your door, you need to look at it eyeball to eyeball and become a doer. Don't cheat yourself of the miracle of God delivering you from fear. I just felt my stride right there and it's almost time. Because these are the elements we deal with fear and doubt. We deal with offenses. I don't mean to get close to you. Just I like this little area. You're on my toe. Fear and offense. Worry. What do I do? Folks, this is what's killing us as apostolics. You know why? I got Jesus' name. I, I, I got all the power. You hear it preached from this pulpit. Because I got the name of Jesus. I can do anything. I can look at this and conquer it. But what do you do when it don't work? You keep doing that's what James is trying to deal with. You keep doing what you know to do in the spirit. I'm going to hold until the promise comes. I'm going to stand steadfast and declare the word of God. I'm going to praise him even though I don't have my promise. I'm going to worship him even though I don't have everything I need. But the hard part, this is what's killing us. The hard part is the doing of the emotional things. I can do faithfulness to the house of God. That's just what I do. But what do I do Monday morning when I wake up in a spirit of depression has got me eating carpet dust? Come on, somebody. Would y'all just please get honest tonight? Don't act like y'all are just hanging from the moon. I look at some of you. Y'all look like poor old that, that, that Snoopy bloodhound eyes. You look so sad. I know that spirit's dogging you and beating you and telling you, you ain't never going to see it. Your family ain't never coming. Brother Ed, that's a lie. Mickey going to come. Your family going to come. At Caesar, you, what are you doing, Benoit? I'm doing what I know the Word of God says. He said, speak. Speak the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. The Word of God says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. For God's given me the spirit of strength and favor to overcome it. That's the doing in the spirit that will lead you and keep you and change a culture. These people were fearful for their life, waiting for a knock at the door. Do you know that? This story, James, this is the early church. They're about to knock at the door. And where we're all here like this, comfortable air conditioning, the door knocks they grab you and haul you out to an arena and kill you. And all you got to do is deny Christ. See, we don't have that. 
This is what James is dealing with. He's preaching to people that are full of fear. They're full of doubt. And he's saying, you got to just keep becoming what started this journey. you got to keep the faith. you got to keep hope. you got to keep speaking the things in the spirit that you know the word of God is saying. Listen, I'm all for the work. Don't, I, I say it again. I'm not against anything. we got to serve. we got to have the Martha mentality. But we got to have the Mary mentality too. Mary knew how to break in the spirit. Mary knew how to pray in the spirit. Mary Mary knew how to break through in some things of the spirit. You take a Mary and a Martha and you put them in a church. I'm telling you the gates of hell will not prevail. And God will see that his kingdom is manifested in Indian village. That's what God's after. And if I don't, I'm cheating myself. You're not cheating yourself. You are cheating yourself if you don't show up at church. And I'm just using an example because I can't think of anything else. The media. Sure, you're cheating yourself if you don't show up to your assigned duty. Because you're not in the house of God. But before you ever did that, tomorrow, when that old thing walks in, that fear and doubt and unbelief wants to tell you it ain't never going to happen. If I don't become a doer of what I know the word of God says at that moment, I just cheated myself of the blessing of God. Folks, this is how we're going to change a culture. This is how we're going to change a community. Whether you and I, see here's the luxury I have that you don't have. I wasn't raised in it. So I see the spirits. Maybe at a detriment to me. I see the opposing forces. You're here. You see it, but you're here. You've lived here. I don't. My job is to get God to pull back the scale. And you see that God's going to use you to reach this community like he planned all along. The revival is locked up. You, not me. I'm just kind of the Elijah coming to the Gehazi saying, God, open his eyes that they can see that what's for us is far more greater than what's against us. See, everything's saying these pews are still empty. We ain't seeing nobody pray through. And I defy that spirit again. God, pull back the scales on every one of our eyes. Even if I'm not seeing it, pull it back that we can all see that there's more for us than what's against us. And that the pews are going to be full. And the altars are going to be full. And God's going to fill people with the Holy Ghost at whatever the cost. There's a revival in that youth group. There's a revival in the college and career. There's a revival in Sunday school. Matter of fact, that's where our revival's coming from. And everything under the sun wants to distract you 
Everything under the sun wants to distract you. Everything under wants to wear you out at that job. Wants to wear you out in your mind. Why? Because it knows the revival's coming. That's why we got to have everybody joined arm in arm. Praying for one another. Reaching for one another. Encouraging one another. If it's negative, don't say it. If it's negative, don't repeat it. Let it just die by the wayside. But if it's godly, let everything... Hey, I'm going to be a doer. I want to greet. I want to I be a blessing with my mouth to everybody and encourage there's something that God is doing in our midst if we can push back from the weariness the fatigue you're tired you're tired sister Patty can I go down Right down the line and call it. I could go like a ticker tape. If I did, it'd scare the fire out of me. But that's not what God's asking for. God's just asking this one thing. You want to be the doer of what I already told you. And if you'll be a doer of what I told you, I will bring to pass a change in a culture that man can't do. It happens. Spirit through you. Is this making sense? This takes the pressure off of I got to be a good word person. I can't quote the scripture. It's okay. I can't quote it. It's okay, Sister Agnes. You ain't got to quote it. If you'll just stay with Him in prayer and become what God wants you to be in prayer, just seek Him with fervency, tears, seek Him. When you come out of that prayer room and you step to, it ain't going to matter what you say. I can't tell you how many times. I'm going to use me as an example. I stepped and they go, I fumbled over my words, Sister Debbie. It didn't come out wide. I, look, there it was. It didn't come out wide. But they felt something. They felt something they never felt. You know what's happening? The Spirit of God for somebody and all I had to do was prepare myself back here let God do what he wants to do when my challenges come speak the word against it and be a doer with the word and the revival comes the harvest comes I've done read all of the books many of you see my library I got more books on church growth I got more church, I got more people writing books on prayer. And I've been around them and I feel nothing. Oh, I just got bumped right there. You may name them. Wrote a book and I get around them and all it was was just show. You learned the culture of prayer, but you never learned how to be intimate with it. You learn how to speak it, but you never learn how to go to an altar in prayer. Our prayers have missed altars. 
I know how to pray. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus touched Bobby. Jesus touched Son Sue. Jesus touched but touched Bobby. John, Jesus, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, oh, give us revival. Oh, Jesus, never was it with tears saying, God, forgive me that I lied. Forgive me that I got angry. Forgive God and true repentance. saying don't read them. Get all the books you can. Read their techniques. God bless. I've read them. They're good. Please, I'm not not ditching on them. I'm trying to make a point. We can read the book but never know the Spirit. It's like the Word of God. I can read the Bible like our days were but never know the author of the book. I read their testimony of what worked for them. I got one in mind right now. John Bevere. I love his writing. The Bait of Satan, if you ever haven't read it, you need to get the book. Great book. But after I got done reading John the Bevere's book, Bait of Satan, and I mean, he got five or six of them. Great, The Fear of God, and great books. It was his story. I need that revelation. And according to that book, it only comes from that book that I get the discounting the reading of books. Study to show yourself approved. I do it. i got a library full of them. What I'm advocating is this. Somewhere in all of this, God, I want to know what your words say. That I absorb everything you've got and I become a doer of what your word is. Because if I become a doer, I'm going to reap the blessings. Ever had somebody teach a Bible study? And after they get done teaching the Bible study, they win them to God and they're sitting. There ain't no greater feeling than have somebody sitting on the pew right next to you that you won to God because you taught them a Bible study. It does something to your heart. It does something to your spirit. It's like, I had a part. This is the blessing in verse 24 that James gets to. There's a blessing that God has for you and I. And it's only when we become a doer of that that we see the blessing and the favor that God has for us. Stand with. Holy Ghost is just saying, stop. Right here. Because there's some things the Holy Ghost has talked to some hearts here on Wednesday night Bible study. About altars. About prayer. About things that he's calling us back to. Folks, we're in the end time. We got an election fixing to happen. (laughs) And if this thing don't go right, everything going to go wrong. Can I get three amens without me telling nothing else? Something is brewing in the spirit. God's calling the church. There's mantles of prayer that's resting on some of you. And God's saying, I'm ready. All the hell you've been through has been for a reason. I'm ready to take you to a place in prayer. I'm ready to take you to a place you've been wanting to do. You ain't known what to do. Tonight, some of you got answers. I know what I'm going to do now. I know how I'm going to do it. I know how I'm going to change my prayer. I know what's coming next. Folks, we got a revival that's upon us right now. That's so much bigger than Indian Village. And God's ready.
to break in on us right now. Lift your hands. Come on, just talk to them for a moment. If the Word of God spoke to your heart tonight, I'll go on a little bit further, maybe at a later day. But come on, talk to the Lord right now. Come on, talk to the Lord right now. Come on, God's, God's sharpening some gifts right now in you. He's sharpening your prayer. That's why you've been going through what you're going through. You, you got the doing down the end of the road. You're, you're a great servant. You're, you're a great Martha. But God's calling some Marys right now. God's calling some Marys that will sit at the feet of Jesus with a fervency and an intensity and an adamancy and, a, and, and an ability that says, I'm not turning away. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now on some of you. God's moving in your situation right now and you can't see it. Don't you give up right now. Don't you, don't, don't back up, please. God's counting on you in the harvest. God's counting on you in Sunday school. God's counting on you in the youth. God's counting on you in some of the elder generation. Come on, talk to him right now. Come on, I'm fixing to dismiss you. It's early tonight. We're calling it an early night. But let's don't, let's don't just run by. Right now, let's be doers. Let's receive the word of God right now. That's a doer. I want to take what I just heard. I don't want to cheat myself. God, if I've cheated myself out of prayer, if I've cheated my way, maybe out of the way of praying, maybe you need to change that in me. God, talk to me. Show me how to pray. Show me how to be a soul winner. Show me, God, how to be what I need to be in my family. By the authority of the name of Jesus, I loose your people right now, God. I loose them in the spirit. There's prayer warriors under the sound of my voice. There's music ministers under the sound of my voice. There's singers and Bible study teachers and preachers and preachers' wives under the sound of my voice. I loose them right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, talk to him. Lift your voice just for a moment. Come on, let your voice be heard right now. Come on, be a doer right now. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. That's a doer. God, I need you right now. I need you right now. Let's put into action what we just heard. Let's put into action. God, I need you to touch my kid. I need you to touch my family. I need you to touch me on my job. God, I got problems on my job. The stress is through the roof. God, I need your help right now. God, I need your help. Come on, God's calling us as a church back to the roots. Back to some foundational stuff right now. He's breaking a culture of Pentecost. He's breaking a, a culture of, of the world. He's breaking these cultures that are agonist, antagonistically opposing to what the kingdom of heaven is wanting to do in this end time hour. We need to be an apostolic church. A church that lets the spirit of God have its way. And the way we do that is we're free in worship. We're free in praise. We're free in demonstration. We're free in our prayer and our unction.
call us prayer warriors. There's something wanting to break in right here, right now. Some of you got leaving on your mind. And here's what I'm, that's the culture I'm trying to break. I'm doing my best to come against that culture. Folks, I know we worked all day today. I worked right there with you all day. But the Holy Ghost wants to do a job in our heart. That's more important than anything else I could do or say. Give the Holy Ghost a season, a chance, a time, a window to work in my heart and my mind. To reveal to me. He could give you the plan of prayer and a strategy of how to pray for your family. That the prayer you pray tomorrow could break the chains of your family by next Sunday. I believe God could do that. That's apostolic. That's that's how it was in the beginning church. We've got to go back to that again. That God gives us a strategy. Us a strategy in Indian Village. Not a strategy for the UPC. Not a strategy for the organization. But a strategy for us in Indian Village. How are we going to reach the lost? first came here I got three men I've told you this I got a council of elders I've submitted to one my pastor and I got two other men I've submitted to Brother Eddings and Brother Sam Emery I called Brother Emery I said Brother Emery I said here's what's going on I'm changing offices from evangelist to pastor we talked for about I don't know an hour 30 minutes to an hour he said here's what I want you to do he said, challenge that church that God gives y'all a strategy in prayer of how to reach that area. You say, well, we've already done all that. That's the culture I'm trying to break. This is the dead. Here, how can I say this nicely? There's a beautiful benefit of being an old established church. But there's also a detriment of being an old established church. You understand? Can I just be plain without you getting offended? I said this to Shady Grove. They're 100 years old. I told that same church. You're, you're blessed because you, you ain't going nowhere. You ain't going ever. I ain't never worried about you backsliding, Sister Agnes. You're established. That's the benefit of being part of a, a seasoned saint, seasoned church. The detriment of it is God's trying to move us into a different culture, a different arena. And I, well, I done heard that. I done seen that. That's the same thing I've always heard. And here's what happens. The cycle repeats itself. And that's why a hundred-year-old church never has the breakthrough it needs to have. It's real simple. I don't need church growth to tell me that. But if I can get a majority, a minority, and I have that, to understand there's this new strategy God's going to give us. God wants to give it to you, Sister Ashley, Sister Lisa. God wants to give you a brand new strategy. God wants to give you a brand new strategy, Sister Jennifer, Sister Debbie, for Sunday school, Sister June. Brand new, stra- brand new strategy. You're not going to get it from all them other guys. Don't try to be like all them other guys. Be you. Be you, Brother Dustin. But if you'll be you, let God give you the strategy. You're not going to be like everybody else. Don't try to be like everybody else. Don't try to be like me. Well, I mean, it's a pretty good example. But do what God's telling you. Let him give you your strategy. Because your strategy is what James just said. If you'll do that, you won't cheat yourself. 
God, I thank you for your people. I pray your blessings on them. Keep them, help them, strengthen them. God, let your word have penetrated all of our hearts tonight. God, I'm not here wasting time. They're not here wasting time. Our time, we're giving it to you on Wednesday night in worship and praise. I'm asking you, let your word now take root in our heart and make us to become what we need to be for you. Hey, God, we can reach every person in this community, this parish, southwest Louisiana. God, I want them all. In the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you. Please don't misunderstand what I said about those books. Read. I want you to read. They're good books. You understand my point. God bless you. You're dismissed.